So I am here with Mike Taylor, pro skateboarder and entrepreneur. Mike, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, of course. So Mike, give us a little bit of a rundown. I mean, you know, you're pretty much becoming a legend if you already aren't in the skateboarding <laughs> industry. How did you get into it? Give us some little background on that. Uh, so I got in it, uh, I saw a kid in my neighborhood riding a skateboard. I thought he was cool. So I just wanted to fit in. So yeah. I got a skateboard, uh, and, uh, I just started doing it. It was the first thing that like, like I don't, I always get into something like full board, but it only lasts like two or three months, right? right. I bike. I was super into biking for three months. I play hockey. Skateboarding was the only thing that like grabbed all of my attention and never went away for 20 years. Wow. So it was just this natural, like I was obsessed with it and didn't want to let it go. And when I started getting to the age of having to get a job, uh, I didn't want to give up skating. So I figured out a way around it. And that was getting sponsored and getting free stuff, uh, which ultimately led to getting paid and then which led to being a pro skateboarder. And then fast forward 15 years later and all of this happened. Wow. Wow. I mean, when, when was the moment when it like clicked in when you're like, you made it like give us, when was the aha moment? Like I'm doing this for a living. Well, that's, that's a great question. So there was a moment where I was doing it for a living. Uh, I turned pro when I was just about to turn 20. Um, but there wasn't a lot of money in skateboarding at this point. Mm. So it, it wasn't like, a. It, it was a, it's a weird thing to explain. I was doing it, but it, it never felt like, okay, this is my thing because I didn't have a long time frame of doing, even on a perfect career. Like at that time it was like, you made it to 28. Mm. Like it was kind of like this, like, uh, <laughs> I never had the sense of I made it as weird as that sounds like mm. it, it was almost like I was playing with borrowed time in a sense, mm. you know? Mm. So for like 10, 10 years I had like the ultimate life, but I was going to have to figure out how to, what to do after. Wow. You know? Wow. Was there ever a time when you like got an injury and you thought that this was it? No, there was, there was never a time like that. As far as injuries go, I was actually, uh, I never had any serious ones. Mm. It was a lot of like, you know, rolled ankles. I did have like, I broke my wrist one time. Uh, mm. But it wasn't like, uh, I never had any blowout, uh, any knees blowout. Uh, nothing you, that significant, actually. Have you ever had to compete when you've had an injury going on? Oh, God, yeah, that was every day almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give us a little bit so of a rundown last, of, an, of, of something that happened. So actually the last year of uh, – the last year of my career was actually, it's weird. I didn't even think of this. That was the most significant injury I ever had. I tore a ligament in my leg and it was a partial tear. And, and the part that was still hanging on was connected to the bone and I fractured the bone. Wow. So every time I would lift my leg up, it would pull the fracture apart. Wow. Right. That's... And that happened. I skated with that for a whole year. I was 33 at this point. Right. And I was wow. getting close to the end of my career. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I thought I had about two years left and didn't want to, uh, you know, go into surgery and not be able to skate those last two years. Right. So there was a full year where I was skating with a fracture in my leg and every single time I skated was the worst pain of my life. It was awful. Wow. How, what did you do to perform? Like give us for people that are out there that are watching this, like how did you mentally or like get into the game if you got this crazy injury? Give us some, give us a yeah. rundown. So for me, dealing with an injury is very similar to how we deal with fear when we're trying to do a trick. And, and a lot of times, you know, I, I was jumping down handrails or stairs, right? This is, it's frightening. Yeah. And, and you have to learn how to block your mind out of stopping your body from doing it. Right. Right. And, and for me, I'd always play these games with myself, like try to like, like take myself to a different place where like, 
I wouldn't have that type of control to stop myself. Mm. And when I got hurt, I'd have to do the same thing. Like it was all about taking my mind somewhere else. So I almost wasn't paying attention on the pain. Mm. And once you start going, at least for me, I'd always get to a point where it, the pain would be manageable. Mm. It was always just in the beginning where it felt unbearable. Right. Mm. Mm. So with this fracture, the first 30 minutes were brutal, mm. but you get to a point where like you'd stop feeling the pain so much. Mm. So my window is always get through the first 30 minutes, take my mind somewhere else, deal with it, lo- loosen up, you know? Mm-hmm. Is there ever a trick that you weren't able to complete that you tried to in your history? Oh, yes. T- uh, tons of them. What is the one that you <laughs> really you the wish? There, there. Give, give us the one that really stands out for you that you really wish you would have locked down. So there was one trick. So, so our whole career is based on video parts, right? Right. We spend two, sometimes three years filming for one three minute part. Wow. And at the end of that part is your last trick, which is like like the most, it's like needs to be like the banger, right? Like I sent the part home. This was like what everybody's going to remember. And I was filming for my last part and there was a trick I wanted to do in Fresno when I was at Clovis high school. Yeah. And I had, I had four weeks left film for the part yeah so i drove i tried the trick for three hours wow. didn't do it stayed sunday to do it did it again the next weekend didn't do it did it the next weekend didn't do it went through two i went through saturday and sunday for a month straight three hour sessions and couldn't do the trick wow brutal wow what is your what is your girlfriend or wife what does she think about this whole career and is she present when you're trying to, you know, do these tricks, like give us, give us the background on that. Cause I know that might be a little stressful, you know, for a woman, you know, being a partner with someone who's a pro skateboarder. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I married, um, and I was dating my wife through, uh, the second half of my career. Yeah. Um, she would never come with me, uh, when I was filming stuff. The only thing she would come do were contests. Mm. Um, and contests are a little bit different for skaters. There's, there's, there's so many eyes on you that it almost forces you to not think mm. and you end up performing almost at a higher level than when you're out in the streets. When you're out in the streets, it's like, it's such a different type of mental battle. Mm. Uh, and she never experienced that. She never experienced the torture mm. or the pain or wow. <laughs> that old side of me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So do you do anything like special to really like get your body back to normal when you're struggling with these injuries? Like, do you, can you give any people that are watching this that are going through pain um, that are thinking like, oh, you know, what, what does Mike do? How does he get, you know, re- recovery faster? Yeah. So for me, uh, a lot of stretching, really big on yoga. So every morning stretch before every session, before, after, after every session was a lot of stretching. Mm. Um, I was at the point, which now it's funny, it comes out. I don't even know if it works, but I was doing cryo. I was working out before I was doing a lot of stuff to keep my body in, in, in good physical shape. Um, but recovery, man, it was, for me, it was a lot of stretching and then eating well. Mm, mm, mm. So right now, um, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm going to give them the rundown. You're an entrepreneur, very successful. I want you to give us a rundown on your business and kind of like give us a, a, an overview on what you do. So I am the principal of a real estate fund called Commune Capital, and we renovate and develop, uh, multifamily apartments. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to create a fund for other athletes to help them prepare for life after skateboarding. Mm. Uh, so that was, that was where this company came and, uh, that's essentially what we do. Mm. Uh, and my day to day now is, uh, 
uh, a lot of design, negotiating contracts, looking at numbers, getting investors. It's a, it's a different world in a sense, but uh, enjoy it. Mm. Where would people go to, to check out this business of yours? Give us – plug the, the website or the Instagram or whatever it is. Yeah, so our website is uh, communecapital.com. Instagram is communecapital as well. Nice, nice. So what do you got? Do you got anything coming up in your uh, entrepreneur or skateboarding career that you wanted to kind of, you know, let people know about that's coming up in the next six months to a year? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, from the skateboarding side, uh, as, as far as my career now, uh, I'm not as active as a pro skateboarder. I do own a skateboard company called Sovereign Skateboards. Mm. So uh, my connection now to skateboarding is that brand. Mm. Um, and then we do have a we have a handful of up and coming things happening with Commune, but uh, uh, it, it's different, man. Our up and coming stuff is is finishing buildings. It's not yeah. these uh, yeah. you know big premieres anymore. So there, there's a part of my life that uh, is a little different. When you look back on your life as a pro skateboarder. Is is there something that like a moment in time where it really stands out for you, something that you wanted to share, something that you were working towards that you could kind of let our audience know about? Um, well, what do you mean by that? Sorry to just uh... – So like – so in your career, you've obviously been to a lot of events – you know, with a lot of people, had a lot of hype. Was there a moment, like a like a place that you went to, whether it was an event or a trick or something that like really just stood out for you? Like as you look back at your career, you know, and you look back and you say, "Damn, that was a great moment. That was a great event. I love that." Something that just really stands out for you. Yeah. So yeah. So for me, uh, the two things that I focus the majority of my uh, effort in video parts. Right. I did skate contests. I skated contests for about six years, but I was not a contest skater. Yeah. So the two things that kind of stand out for me is uh, these two video parts. One was with a company, DBS, and this was a while ago. This was kind of the video part that established me as uh, not only a pro skateboarder, but a skateboarder worthy of having a signature shoe, mm. which is like uh, the top level for a skater to have. Mm. Uh, and that was a video called skate more. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, my last part I ever had, uh, was with a company called DC, DC mm. shoes. Mm. Um, and it was my rediscover part. And I think that was, uh, you know, I had one that like really launched it. And, and to me, that one that I dropped at the very end was probably one of the best parts I ever had. Mm. Uh, so those are like kind of the two staples for me that I felt like I came in, I can't. I went out as hard as I came in. Do you got? I want to see the shoe. Do you got the shoe kicking around? Can you grab the shoe? We can hold. Oh man, I don't. I'm at the office right now. I don't no. have one at the office. Okay. I had there. I have my first shoe at my house though. Nice, nice. Well, that's pretty awesome that you got a shoe. I mean, I gotta say that. I mean, to have a shoe, you know, after you is that's a pretty big deal for anybody in the world. Yeah, I think. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank. You. So, is there anything you wanted to ask myself or Nutribolics at all? Um. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I think one thing I'm always like curious how others do is what is what do you view as your uh, maybe top three principles to success? I think that for me personally, the top three principles would be you got to be passionate about what you do, and you got to have persistence, right? And you got to plan. You know, a lot of people yep. they don't they don't plan. You know, they just rush out there and they want to get shit done. And you yeah. know, with me. I'm the type of guy where I want to have it like step one, two, three, four, five and go yeah. and follow the steps. You know, a lot of people, yeah. they jump, they want to do step number 11 when they're still on step number one, you know? So yeah. I find that, you know, having that passion, 
having the, the, the persistence to keep going because, you know, as an entrepreneur, it gets tough, right? Like, you know, it's it's like waves, right? I've been at this now for almost 17 years. Right. So, I mean, I, I started in my parents' games room, right. And I, I had no money, right. I sold my car for five grand and that's how I started Nutribolics, right? And and really, my partner had no money either. He just had we just used credit cards, credit cards people never even heard of, you know, like yeah. And they were yeah. calling us like crazy, you know, w- wanting their money like constantly. So I say, you know, if you believe in something, you're you're passionate, you got persistence, but you got to plan and you got to go after it. You know, you got to keep yeah. going after it, no matter what happens, no matter how hard gets you just got to keep going and i think that you know for me that's really the three principles that i stand by yeah i love that i love that i think that's a big one at the end too i think people have vision don't have a roadmap to get to that vision and then you have no it it never happens it's just a good idea that was wasted right that's exactly it you know and i mean for for us i mean we still stick to those same principles today 17 years later you know, we get all these ideas thrown at me every single day. And I, I say all the time, you know, half the time my job is just to be able to say no, you know, and focus yep. on what we are focusing on, you know, because yep. that's we, we get pulled. I try to get people try to pull me in like 10 different directions all yeah. the time. And part I have to just keep steering the bus, you know, and yeah. saying 100%. we got to stay on this course because we've already planned to stay on this course. You know, we can't play in every sandbox. You know, this is our sandbox, you know, let's, let's own this sandbox. And that's kind of how I view our business is, you know, let's not try to have our hand in everything, right? Let's just focus. So it's worked for us. I mean, we're still, we're still kicking, right? We're still here. We've seen a lot of people come and go in 17 years, as you can imagine, right? A lot of people come into the industry. They tell me how they're going to light it on fire and how they're going to do this and how they're going to do that. And you know, a couple yeah. of years later, I've n- I don't even have their phones disconnected, their fuck websites down. Like you know, that's yeah. just life, right? But yeah. I mean, so for us, yeah. I think people that are watching this, those are a big three for us. Yeah, um, I love that. You know, Mike, I'm I'm actually, uh, you know, I've watched some of your tricks back in the day, and I and I got to mm-hmm. say, you know, you're like some of the some of the things that you've done in your career are mind blowing. Like like, what do you do? You. Like, they're seriously like like not just saying that like. Do you have like are do you ever have fear? Like does fear ever cross your mind? Or are you just so amped up, like so high on adrenaline? Like give us give us a little insight on that. Yeah, so yes. I I actually uh I had I, I dealt I felt like I dealt with fear more than anyone else. Mm. Right? Like there are a lot of skaters out there that are just fearless. They, it doesn't even cross their mind, it's just a hundred percent at all times. For me that wasn't the case, dude. Fear uh it, I, it's hard to say this without bagging on my mom, but uh, because she was a, an amazing mom, but my mom definitely uh, was driven by fear, mm. and that naturally kind of spilled over on us, right? And and there was a point where like I was so scared to make decisions or or really do anything that it drove me crazy, right? I decided like, look, I don't want to let fear hold me back, but my first instinct is always fear, so I always had to learn techniques on how to block the fear. And I swear, every time I tried a trick, I was scared. It took me usually longer than anyone else to land tricks. It felt like this was a bigger battle that I faced more than all my friends around me. Mm. Uh, and it was, it was hard for me, dude. Me, I, I dealt with fear. I wasn't great at it then. Uh, I've gotten a lot better through that process and, and up until dealing with fear now. But, uh, 
yeah, oh yeah, fear and, and insecurities, uh, they're constantly talking to you, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I mean, you know, you've definitely faced your fears. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, with some of the stuff you've done, I mean, it's crazy to think, you know, have you jumped out of yeah. an airplane? Have you jumped out of an airplane? No, I would, ju- I would jump out of a plane though. You got to do that. That's got to be on your bucket list for 2019. Okay. Yeah, I would totally do that. <laughs> I did that uh, two years ago. And it was one of the most uh, liberating experiences of my life, you know, like, yeah. so I definitely recommend it. But listen, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I wish you the best. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Same with you.